Have you ever felt challenged with making life-changing decisions or leading in a public square or simply aligning your thoughts with your actions? Well, then you're in the right place. Welcome to Trust Your Voice Podcast. My name is Sylvie Legere, and as a civically engaged entrepreneur and mom, I understand the challenges of advocating for yourself and others while attempting to balance your personal and professional demands. I had to develop a personal system of success in every area of my life, and now I want to help you build your unique system and truly trust your voice, even and especially when it shakes. By the end of each episode, you'll be energized to spark your creative leadership, make purposeful connection, and confidently prioritize the matters that bring you the most joy. So let's start the show. My guest today is Laura Cox Kaplan. She is the creator of She Said, She Said, which is a multimedia platform for women who strive to live their best life with intention and who are seeking insight and inspiration through thoughtful conversation and content that's really focused on them. Laura's 30-year career spans some of the highest institutions in Washington, D.C., a place of constant change. She spent about 10 years on the executive management team of global professional services firm PricewaterhouseCoopers. She served as principal in charge of government, regulatory affairs, and public policy, coordinating strategies across more than 150 countries. Before that, Laura held senior positions at the U.S. Securities Exchange Commission and the U.S. Department of Treasury after getting her start as a secretary on Capitol Hill. Needless to say, over the years, Laura built an incredible network around the world, and it's my pleasure to have her on the Trust Your Voice podcast today. The goal of our conversation is twofold. One is for you to realize how important it is to invest and be thoughtful and intentional about your ecosystem of relationships, your network. And the other, to give you a little bit of insight on how you can utilize your network to advance your goal and achieve your full potential. So how do you see network, a network or an ecosystem of relationships? Well, first, Sylvie, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here with you and really thrilled that you invited me to come on board. I love what you just said about a network being an ecosystem because when I think about it, it really is something that should evolve and change just as we evolve and grow in our lives and careers. It's all about change, right? And if you're not looking at your network as an opportunity to grow along with you, you're missing a great opportunity. And so I love that you describe it that way. And I love that you describe it that way in the book. In the book, I mentioned one study from the Journal of Human Relations, and it suggests that men and women, they really build their network differently. Women are hesitant to network sometimes outside of, to broaden perhaps, I should say, their network and also to rely on the help of others that they would be willing to give. The study, I guess, also found that women seek a mentor to be friends with rather than someone they can learn from. And one of the quote that I like from the study is that the best mentors will push, dare, and confront their mentees and challenge them to take on projects they might otherwise avoid. And you have to be willing to go there when you build your network and your relationship. And it's not just people you like or people you know. I love your reaction on that, on how men and women maybe perhaps build or develop their ecosystem of relationships differently. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. I, I do think that 
for many women, and maybe this is changing to some degree, but for many women, the idea of networking or attending a networking event or being proactive about networking, there's something that can feel or seem inherently distasteful about that. And that a lot of times women think about forging these relationships by connecting with somebody in the interest of being best friends. And that's lovely when that works. And a lot of times your best friend will be in your network. But I think it's important for us to think about networking from the standpoint of adding value to someone else. One of the best ways that I think we can kind of break this barrier, if you will, if you find networking distasteful, is to think about it from the standpoint of how you can add value to someone else. The reality is, even though I certainly wasn't really raised to think about it this way, but the reality is asking somebody for help, for advice, and for perspective is a great way to forge a connection with that person. And it's valuable not just in what you're likely to get in response, but also from the standpoint that you're validating that you have great confidence in that person's opinion, that you value what they think, their experiences, right? That you're creating that connection in in an interesting way. And so I think it's important that we think about the opportunity to really create that connection, that it doesn't have to be this distasteful thing, but that we do have to challenge ourselves. It is important to be strategic, to not just develop relationships based on people that are already in our orbit, but instead look for opportunities where we can really expand that. There's this great terminology. There's a woman named Bonnie Marcus who's written uh, a couple terrific books, and she has a podcast, and she talks about the difference between an open network and a closed network. And a closed network is one where you know everyone and everyone knows, they, they, you, they all know each other. You're already connected to each other. As opposed to an open network, which can actually be much more valuable to you, where you're connected to a person, but the people that you're connected to are not connected to each other. And so it gives you much more, many more opportunities potentially for really expanding that network. It's important, too, I think, to think about not looking at your board of advisors or your kitchen cabinet, however you like to think about your network, as being one and done, right? Not everybody will fit the same role, just like not every person in your organization is able to do the same job. You want people who bring different skills and perspectives to the table, whether it's your personal board of advisor table or whether it's your organizational table. And so thinking strategically about who do you not have in your network? What kind of perspective and advice might you need that you're not likely to get? I think all those things are really important. You started the conversation with this notion of an ecosystem and an evolution. And when we think about growing and evolving in our careers, if you're one of those people who's potentially shifting jobs, you really want to think about this idea of evolving your network and being very strategic about what you don't have as you're thinking about this pivot, the people that are not currently in your network that you might be able to 
find people and draw from them differently. And so really thinking about really embracing this idea of an open network and looking for people to provide different perspective than what you have. And I think also to add to that comment about building an open network, you need to really be open to new experiences. You need to say yes to those events that maybe you're, you don't really feel like going, you don't see how does it relate to what I'm doing. But by showing up, you never know who you're going to meet. And sometimes you only need one or two people in a field, in a neighborhood, in a part of the country or your city to then be plugged into a whole other network in a part of the city that, that you really don't have any natural connection. But it requires you to have the courage to say yes, to show up. And I love how you say, this is a gift, you know, you have value to offer. You honor another person by, by seeking their advice, their input, their help. But also you are probably, you have some value to offer and you, you have a new perspective. And that requires some confidence in yourself and also how broad your experience is and what you can bring to, uh, to someone's life and how you can help them solve a problem. And I think that's the fun part of networking is getting to know people and seeing, well, how do I fit in to their life? How, what, how can I add a little bit of value? Sylvie, you also talk about the concept of vulnerability in the chapter in your book in which you talk about networking and how important it can be to be vulnerable with another person in order to forge that connection and that relationship. I love that part of the book. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it is a big part of it. You have to to see others wanting to meet you, know you and and share and you and you have to be vulnerable to be able to share what you know, what you don't know, being curious, I think is a big part of of building a network effectively. What I'd like to talk a little bit about is, you know, you talk about broadening your um, ecosystem of relationships. How would you categorize the relationships that make up your ecosystem? I kind of view them and I'd love your response to that. I kind of view them in four categories. But before I go, I'd love to hear how you map or think about your ecosystem of relationships. I wish I could give you a super formal answer and say that I have a spreadsheet that's all color-coded and that I have people in different buckets. It's really in my head where I think about the people who are really close to me, my closest friends and family. I put them in a bucket. And, you know, I think to be clear, there are people that may fit in different buckets, but I have collected and really curated a network of people over certainly a three-decade-long career. And they're people from different points in my life who still bring tremendous value to whatever I'm doing in different ways because I've managed to maintain them to a large degree and draw on them when I see an opportunity to, to include them. So I kind of think about, I think, my network from the standpoint of both a time period in my life, sort of proximity to me, as well as the opportunity to dig back in and have people in my network to continue to add value and vice versa. One of the things that I think is so important is really thinking about the maintenance of your network. And it's not just touching base with people. 
It's also looking for opportunities where you can provide some value to them, even if you're not asking them for help. But certainly you want to do that if you're reaching out to somebody to say, hey, would you help me with this? Or I want to get your thoughts and advice on this particular topic. But before you even get to that point, sending them an article or sharing some perspective or touching base, but always looking for an opportunity to potentially add value to the different members of your network, I think is a really important thing to do. Again, we're all pressed for time. Networking is something that we have to invest in. We have to make the time to do it. We know how important it is, but it does mean that you have to carve it out of your day, your week, your month, your year in order to really make sure that you're not only building new relationships, but that you're managing your existing ones and that you're looking for opportunities to to really have value. So I know that's not a great answer to your specific question about how I kind of think about it. The different decades of my life, I think I think about people in these buckets, but I'm always looking for opportunities where I can reach out. Hi, Sylvie here. Are you ready to trust your voice? I've got something just for you. Get your copy of my newest book, Trust Your Voice. In the book, I give you big ideas and practical steps to gaining confidence so that you can take on new challenges in your life and trust your instincts and your own voice. You can find it on amazon.com and you can also reach out to me at sylvie at trustyourvoicepodcast.com if you have any questions or feedback about the book or this show. So now let's get back to the episode. It's interesting how you view them in, on a timeline, right? I kind of, I always like to, I, and, and you're right, you don't have a spreadsheet, you don't tag people, like it's in your mind, right? And as I was thinking about that, it's like you have like your close friends, close family, neighbors, people are kind of your your fun, your relationships of people you like to do fun things out of the box. And then you have your lifeboat, you're very tight people that when something bad happens, you know who to turn to. And then you have more like, I think, work relationships, right? People that help you advance your goals from a career perspective in your field, in your industry. And then you have, I like to think of experts, people that have, that bring an expertise that you don't have, that's outside of your industry. And it might range from plumbing to coding and UX design, right? And everything in between and financial advising. There's kind of this, these people that you know, they're experts that, that you could actually share that network and leverage again to advance your goals. And then there's this other category that I have to say I discovered through the policy circle. And, and I feel like it's one that we forget. And I call them, this is really my phrase. So, you know, I, I'm not sure how effective it is, but I call it like town hall relations. And those are the people that represent you at all level of governments and in government agencies. And whatever it is, whatever business, startup, whatever activity you are doing, at some point, you will need to interact with a level of government. And there's a saying that don't go to the well thirsty. And I, you know, you, you can't just go to people when you need something. It's worthwhile to develop those relationships. And just to give you an example, 
I co-owned a bike shop and I became really focused on getting, you know, more people biking, having pathways for kids out to get to school, et cetera. And I became part of, of citizen groups that propose a bike plan and bike paths to the village, et cetera. And I even organized bike clinics. And I had to deal with the village, show up at town hall meetings, get permits, all these guys. And it never occurred to me that I should have just introduced myself <laughs> beforehand to the people in the village and just have a conversation about, you know, what are your views? What are the challenges right now? And just understand how the environment in which they function so that I could plug into that to really develop a thriving biking community. But it it took me years. It just dawned on me. And I was like, you know what? My whole like bike shop ownership experience would have been very different and so much more, I think, enriching and fun and feel like I'm collaborating. It would have been completely different, you know? So I don't know if you have an experience like that where you build your network, you know, in a direction that you didn't expect. I think that's great perspective. And I think it also applies if you, you know, decide to do something different and make a big career departure. I, you know, I left a corporate career. I mean, after a number of years in government and then a number of years in corporate America, I left to engage in this podcast and to teach and really to share perspective around this concept of building influence. But when I left my job, which I was the, you know, I ran a Washington office. So essentially I was the chief corporate lobbyist for a big professional services firm. I knew nobody who was doing what I was aspiring to do. And it was still a little murky even for me, but I knew there wasn't anybody in my immediate network who was doing quite what I was doing. And in fact, I think there also was sort of, it was a head scratcher because it was not a linear path necessarily. The direction that I was going is not where most people who were leaving a corporate lobbying job like I had had were going. They were not going out to start podcasts and to teach and sort of leave the political world behind, you know? So I had to think very differently about my network. And I also had to be careful about taking the people in my existing network on this journey with me, meaning it might be hard for them to see and they might be inclined to be protective of me if they thought I was going off in a direction that seemed like such a departure, right? So I had to contend with both my own self-doubt about my direction, even though I knew in my gut it was where I wanted to go, but I also had to be patient with the people around me and the people in my existing net worth to, to kind of take them on this journey, while at the same time, building relationships, finding people that I was maybe not directly connected to, but that someone I knew was connected to in order to get perspective that I needed in order to help me on this new path. And so I think it's important to think about, again, back to where we started the conversation, that it really is this organic ecosystem that you're constantly growing and evolving, looking for opportunities. Okay, what do I not know that I need? Who do I know in my network who knows someone who knows about that? How can you help connect the dots in that way? And I think that's the piece where you really want to be strategic. And then as you identify that person, again, always remembering that it's about thinking about, okay, how can I add value to him or her 
even before you ask that person for their opinion or their perspective or to get them to do something for you. That's true. And what I've learned is it's always worth asking, right? Or sharing what, what you are doing. And because you you never know what people could share, the experiences that they've had. And, and I've certainly learned this by doing, I guess, because I started the policy circle and I had no background in public policy whatsoever, right? And my my background was in technology. It was working on large programs. It was then a small business owner. I, I had no expertise there, but with the policy circle, it became such a great way to build a really broad network because you're inviting people into a conversation. They share their views, their passion, their experiences. You get to know them better. And then the the whole premise of the policy circle is to become educated about an issue. So you expand your own knowledge and then you can interact with people in, in a, such a richer way because you're able to find commonality really quickly. And, and people leave talking to you like, oh, you actually are an interesting person to talk to. And I've learned a lot. Like I was just at a, a dinner and uh, the person sitting next to me, I was asking her what was her focus. She was a former senator. And I was like, what, what is your focus now? Or what did you do before becoming a senator? And um, she shared that, that she built a business in cryptocurrency. I don't know anything about cryptocurrency. So I started asking her a question. We had this great conversation and we felt like, you know what? We really need to get more women, technology women, engineers involved in policymaking because the world is so much more complex. And it was an amazing conversation, but that's how you broaden and, and that's what I think makes life so fun and enriching. And I think those of us, and I'm not sure if you are, but I'm an introvert. And so it's been a discovery and a journey for me to develop, to become and, and enjoy uh, developing relationships. So I'd love for you to share three practical actions, and you've touched on this a little bit before earlier in our conversation, that you take to deepen or develop relationships because you're so good about staying in touch with people, getting to know them so well. Give three bits of advice of things that that you do. Yeah. I'm going to start with a bit of a mantra. One of my personal mantras is you get what you give that if you always think about forging a relationship with someone based on what you can give and what you can learn. And if you start from the standpoint of listening first before you offer an opinion or advice to that other person, but you always really open the door from the standpoint of what you can learn, that's a great way to think about that. Always think about what you can give to the other person because that's going to help you build up important capital in the long run. So many of the women that I've talked to on this podcast who are really experts at curating their networks. They do it so seamlessly because it is all about this idea of what they can give. And they tend to be people who are have a very generous spirit, if you will. And you know that the way they're basically banking capital. I, I just, I love the idea of that, that you know they're building this network, even though they don't need something from this person at that moment in time. They're essentially building capital for that time in which they call the person up and say, hey, could you help me with this or could you introduce me to this person? So I think those are a couple of the practices. I also think it's important to remember that once you've asked for help 
and this probably goes without saying, but I'll say it anyway because it's really important, to follow up, to make sure that you're showing appreciation and that you're looking for an opportunity if you don't have the ability to add value to that person who's helping you in that moment, to look for that opportunity later. It will come, but you do need to be, I think, thoughtful and proactive about that as well. Yeah, definitely. Thank you for sharing that about, you know, always giving you, you get what you give, I think is, is a good way. And, and staying in touch with people, like you mentioned earlier, sharing an article, sharing, sharing a book, asking how they are doing, giving a phone call, I think is a, you, we forget, but those are meaningful ways of, of just keeping and nurturing the relationships that, that we value. I'd love to invite our guests to actually listen to your podcast, She Said, She Said podcast, where you interview guests that share their approach to growing their influence and how to use their network and, and what they do to achieve their goals. It's, you have such wonderful guests and it's a great place to kind of hear how people do it, right? And how they utilize their network. Oh, thank you. I, I I like to think about she said she said as a form of crowdsourcing the best stories, advice, and perspective around all of these topics. So it is as I was thinking about our conversation today, Sylvie. I was thinking about it. Really, is this little microcosm of a network, if you will, that I'm able to share with our listeners. I'm super proud of what we've built, and I also owe you some credit because you were my original muse. You were the person who, as I was thinking about what might I want to do after I left my corporate gig, you said, what about a podcast? And I said, gosh, that's a really interesting idea. I never thought of that. (laughs) And here we are. Now we are in the top 200 of all career podcasts. We're actually a little higher than that on a sort of rotating basis, but we're in between like the top 100 to 200 of career podcasts in the U.S. So I'm super proud of of that. We launched about four years ago, actually four years exactly in March of this year. So I'm really, really proud of that. And I'm so grateful that you gave me that little push and said, hey, of course you can do this. This is a great idea. Yeah, I feel like it's a little bit of my God's gift that I have is to ignite the potential, ignite the potential in others. So as I was trying to think, how can we promote all of these women that are that are doing who are doing great things. And after meeting you, I was like, you know, Laura, I think you should really do a podcast. And it turns out you actually have a degree in, in in broadcasting and you're like, why not? So sometimes when you I, I think that's part of I guess utilizing your network is you want to achieve something and you can't do everything you're by yourself. You need help. You need others and and you need others to pick up a, bat, a baton. And sometimes you just need to hand them a baton and who knows where it will take them. So thanks, Laura, for um, joining me today. It's been really great to discuss, you know, how we build network. And I just and really enjoyed this conversation and learned, learned a lot. So thank you. Me too. I'm so grateful. Thank you, Sylvie. It's great to see you. I hope you enjoyed this episode as Laura and I discussed Building an ecosystem of relationship enriches our life because we are wired to connect, to help each other achieve our full potential. Expanding your knowledge on national issues with organizations like the Policy Circle allows you to find commonality with people. It allows you to have meaningful conversation. And really, that's how you nurture relationships that become part of your network. So trusting that you can build a strong network is really a key part of trusting your voice. 
Thank you for joining me, Sylvie Légère, on my Trust Your Voice podcast. I hope that this episode brought you a new way to think about your voice, how to trust yourself, and how to use your voice for good in your life and in your community. If you like this podcast, be sure to leave us a review in Apple Podcasts and subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. À bientôt.